Can you guys hear me now? I sure can. Holy moly. <laughs> it, I don't know if it's the weather or what, but it's kind of cloudy here, so it might play a part in that. It could. Well, it's actually getting ready to storm pretty hard here right now, so that could be it. <laughs> well, David, it's great to have you on. Uh, you know, I read your book, and it, it really is inspiring. Well, I appreciate that. And I just, you know, it wanted to come on here and let you kind of give our guys that, you know, what, uh, listen to our show, uh, kind of give them your story on, yeah. uh, you know. Well, I don't know how much of a story you guys want. There's a long <laughs> version and a short version. So um, you, you tell me, you know. Um, I guess I can kind of start a little bit just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a background. That, uh, that'll work. I'm uh, 52, getting ready to turn 53 next month. And we now live in Iowa, which that's where most people that have seen raised hunting and, and kind of know what we are, who we are, the Holder family, my two boys, Warren and Easton, and my wife, Karen, and I. And they associate us with living in the Midwest you know, thinking that that's where we were born and raised, but it's actually not. Um, Karen and I were both born in Virginia and raised inside the Beltway, um, meaning right outside of Washington, D.C. Yeah. And then eventually we moved to Arkansas and we lived in Arkansas for about four years. Um, I got into the fire service there and knew that I liked the career and I wanted to continue to do it. But the department I was on was really small. Um, we were in a small town called Searcy, Arkansas. And so we ended up moving from there to Montana, um, where I got into the Great Falls Fire Department out there. And that's where I ended up retiring from in 2008. And so since then, uh, we decided that we wanted to kind of get back towards some family and stuff like that. So we ended up moving to Iowa nine years ago, I guess, in like 2012. Um, and so that's how we ended up here. And that's where... You know, I, I tell people that just so that they can understand that's that's where a lot of my hunting, um, you know, my hunting and and the knowledge that I've gathered. The reason I think I can kind of communicate with so many people is I've lived in so many places. You know, I understand the guy hunting the the ditches in the swamps of the south. I understand the guy hunting the public lands of the east coast. Um, and then I've you know I've been the guy backpacking in and sleeping on the ground elk hunting. Um, and now I live in the land of the giants. So uh, there, there's the David Holder story in a nutshell. Well, like I said, it, I was walking through uh, the store. This was a little while ago, and I, your book was sitting on a shelf. And I just it said David Holder raised hunting, and I said I picked it up and started reading the back of it, and I said, you know, this sounds like a very good book. I'm gonna get it. And I bought it and I, I read it and. Very good, very good. But you know, your show and all, I would love to sit down, you know, and watch it and just uh, kind of get a, a more depth of glimpse on uh, how you guys, you know, do right. You know, and so Ray's hunting, we're going on this is season eight that will start airing again on the Outdoor Channel, um, in July, first week of July. 
and raised hunting really was kind of a, I don't know, an accident kind of deal. Um, meaning now I've hunted and I've filmed all my hunting stuff and things like that for many, many years. Um, primarily because I had two boys and I wanted to capture everything that they were doing and my wife and I, and so, but I wasn't doing anything with the footage or anything like that. And what ended up happening was um, when we lived in Montana, um, my wife and I were at a trade show one day and we were separated. She was over doing something and I was doing something and I was big into elk calls and stuff like that. I stopped by the Primos booth um, bought a call or two, I think maybe a video at that time. And the guy remembered me. My wife came along a little while later and said, my husband is such a nut. He's like into elk hunting. Like you can't believe. And the guy says, well, I think I remember, I think he was here a little bit ago. And she said, yeah, probably. And she, he asked if I would come back and he'd like to talk to me about a pro staff position. And I was like, I don't even know what a pro staffer is. Don't, I have no clue what you're talking about. And so anyhow, he explained to me um, what it would take and, and what I would be doing. And oh, about two months later, I got a phone call from Will Primos himself asking if I would come on board as uh, one of the ambassadors for, Pro, for Primos. And so that kind of started me into the, the outdoor industry. And, uh, you know, it just kind of took off from there. I, I was killing a lot of elk and hunting a lot of elk all on public land. And so as I went across the West, I started in Montana, but I ended up doing seminars in Wyoming and uh, Idaho, Colorado, Washington, all over the place. And it just kind of grew from there. And then eventually that led me into a little more camera work. And then um, one thing led to another and I retired from the fire department and I mentioned to Karen, I was like, you know, maybe we'll try to put some of this footage. I got all this, I had so many hunts that just sitting there that we had done nothing with and so when we moved to Iowa I met sat down with a production guy and he said you know I think we could build something here and between he and I raised hunting was born in um, 2013. You were on the Discovery Channel from 2014 to 2017? No, ma'am. We were only on the Discovery Channel two years. And, oh, and okay. so we started in four. Let's see. Let me make sure I'm getting my years right. 2014, 13 is when we actually turned everything in, but we didn't start airing until 14. And or no, that I'm sorry, 2013. So we've been on already for seven years. This will be season eight. The first five years we were on the Outdoor Channel. And then we switched over to the Discovery Channel because we felt like we had a, a television show that really could reach a lot of other people, like meaning not necessarily just hunters. We thought we could reach a lot of um, viewers that maybe are on the fence about hunting. Yeah. And so we made that choice to move over there and we did that for two years. And then I don't mind telling people the Discovery Channel actually came back to us and said that they were looking at dropping all the shows that had anything to do with guns they said our show was fine because we were primarily archery and we could stay but they weren't going to support the gun shows and we said look we can't support a network that doesn't I, i'm not in this for bow hunting i'm in this for hunting in general and you yeah, know yeah. and so we decided and we talked to the outdoor channel and they were glad to have us back gave us our same time slot and we moved back so that's how that all took place. So we did lose a few people for a little bit there that were like, where'd you go? Um, yeah. But 
I think we got everyone back now. Well, I can kind of relate to, you know, you're starting to raise hunting. Um, I had this wild idea, and this was back in November last year, somewhere around November, of creating an outdoor Facebook group. Yep. And it, it literally, it took off. It went from just my idea to over 600 members. And we've now, uh, we're working with the disability, the kids has disabled to take them hunting or fishing as like a dream, like a make a wish. Very cool. We are now, as of yesterday, sponsoring our first race car. Awesome. Uh, we got, you know, we're selling t-shirts. It's a, we're doing this to uh, benefit children's hospital. Yep. And, you know, like I told my grandma, who's with me right now, um, I told her, I said, maybe one day I kind of want to venture out and start something like what David started, you know, because I can relate to it. Right. And God's just opened so many doors this past year with, you know, my outdoors and, and doing different things. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's cool. That means that you just got to pay attention to what he's telling you and go that direction. But like I said, it, be honest, and I won't be dead honest. I didn't think you would give me a message back. I really didn't. No, I, I try to talk to everyone that I can. I mean, that's just uh, who Karen and I have always been, and we always will be. Um, you know, and it, it we just try to make time for as many people as we can. We, you, you don't make... You don't make it in this world by making enemies. That you are so correct. Mm -hmm. You are. But. And, you know, just from, uh, and I watched a few of your shows on TV, and I enjoyed it. I really did. And my outdoors is family-oriented. It's trying to get families out here with children, teaching them how to fish, hunt, uh, getting the family out and about and together. That's cool. And, you know, that's one thing that we've looked at because so much electronics has come into children's lives at such an early age that they know nothing about the outdoors. Absolutely nothing. And no, it's, yeah, it's it's tough to compete with it, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think if we can just get it in front of what you guys are doing is great. Um Hopefully, you know, here we talk about electronics and yet we have a television show, you know, and I would rather them not watching our television show and be out doing it themselves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll take it any way we can get it. If we can introduce someone that maybe, and I just came from Virginia, I was back home um, this past week. And when you're in and around a big city like that, you realize how many people don't even, they hard, have a hard time even going to the park. You know, there's just not much for them to do in the outdoors. Yes. Um, so we want to try to make a gateway to go from wherever they are to getting back out there. Um, it's, it's a heritage, it's a pastime, it's a, and there's just something about it that makes um, life so much better when you're doing it with your family. Exactly. It is. And, and it gives, you know, you're teaching your children how to, actually appreciate God's creation 
and what he put on this earth to help feed your help feed them. Yep. You know, it's just things like that. Teaching them go back to the old ways. I believe if you teach teach a child young, then it will stay with them. Like my grandchildren, I taught them very young to fish. And even my twenty nine year old, which you're talking to now, right. it stuck with every one of them. They love fishing. They love hunting. And and I just believe that way that you know that a lot of these parents they hand their kids and don't get me wrong some electronics and some technology is good or we wouldn't be yep. here but just handing a child a game and putting it in front of them to keep them out of their hair or to keep them occupied is not something that they're going to benefit from no. because they need to be with their adults with the peers so they can learn from their their peers how to act how to hunt and be successful and getting something out of it i tell my kids i have two boys two girls one ranging from 10 uh, i got a six-year-old son i got a five-year-old daughter and a fixing to be a three-year-old little girl and I tell them all the time, I said, look, guys, y'all need to get outside. Let's, you know, even if you're playing or let's go for a walk or something. Let's get out and see what, go look up at the trees. Let's see what God created. You might Absolutely. learn something. Yep. You know, it, it's funny that because I try to explain to people what hunting, I'm, I, I guess as you get older, you start getting more philosophical. You start looking deeper into things. And when it comes to hunting, there's so many values um so many things that can be taught to kids life and death that, that yeah. i mean that is something that no one wants to talk about but yet when we do it in a hunting situation sometimes it's a little easier to take um you know look at all these people going through the pandemic here that were just like what happens if everything shuts down i can't feed myself that's crazy. you know um and so so many things we've taken for granted because it's all at our fingertips you know, get being able to get around, um, you know, just find your way around with a compass or not even with anything, you know, just understanding um, how to go from point A to point B without assistance of something electronic. And there's just something you mentioned, you know, a minute ago about um, these kids learning, you know, how to talk to adults. There's so many kids today that they don't shake hands. They don't look you in the eye. Um, that's where I raised at full draw camps. Really. We actually bring kids in. We'll take up to 50 kids per camp and we bring them in for four days or three days and four days and three nights. And when they come to camp, we actually hands-on teach them everything about hunting. They end up leaving with their hunter education. And, um, it's just, it's phenomenal to watch these kids and how many of them some are really young. You can tell that someone has actually spent time with them. Some are older because the kids are anywhere from 12 to 17. Uh -huh. And you can tell the ones that parents haven't spent much time with them, you know, and they don't know how to um, respectfully approach anyone, especially, you know, when we're talking in a hunting situation or a fishing situation, knocking on a door and asking someone for permission. You know, th that landowner probably has made their mind up in the first 15, 20 seconds of you getting there. Yeah. You know, and so we try to instill that in the kids. And and then that is stuff that we feel like they can then go back and take into their careers and things like that. When they walk in and meet someone for a job interview, 
you know, when, when they, when they meet their wife or their husband, possibly, you know, instead of hollering at them across a restaurant or a bar or something, you know, walk over and introduce yourself correctly. And um, so there's a lot of values. And I think that, you know, God gave us the outdoors and, and I mean, gosh, dang, he's gave us so much there. There's, we'll never get to all of it in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, I think most people take it for granted. For sure. And it's just something that, again, I'm passionate about. I was raised being outdoors. And to be honest, I feel more comfortable being outside than being inside. It's just how I've, I've always been. And just like I said, starting my outdoors and connecting with uh, people around the world, uh, it, it's really opened my eyes on what it might can be, what I could turn this into. Oh, yeah. That's where technology does help. You know, you can reach so many people in so many ways now. You know, I mean, when we think about building a television show, I mean, it's just, you know, a couple guys in a production room and we've been on a hunt and we're putting all this stuff together and everything. And then when we get to the end of the year and we've shared that on the outdoor channel and then we've put out stuff on social media and you start to realize that, you know, not a couple hundred people, not even a few thousand people, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have now seen this. Uh, It makes you realize that you do have an ability you know, you can do something here. Um, I mean, we have 340 or 350 some thousand people following our social media, just our Facebook page. So um, absolutely, Bo, you can reach a ton of people. And I think the best way that I, if I could tell your fellow followers, you know, is as long as the person that you're following is real, you know, as long as they just, that you, I mean, you are who you are and don't try to con anybody. And if you do that, you'll have more followers than you know what to do with. Oh, yeah. You know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, I have a grandson here who was asking <laughs> me a little question. I'm, I'm so sorry. sir. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> like it's, these little ones here, uh, the first time... Um, my great-grandson here, he's the one who's six. First time his daddy took him hunting. He was so amazed. And well, he didn't get to see any deer. We didn't see any that day, but we he, made memories. Yes. Yeah. He got down and walked through the woods. He found antlers. He found all kinds of things. And him and his dad talked, and he told them what they were. He was just so just amazed by everything. Yep. And you know, him being, you know, six years old, uh, he really wanted to work the deer call, the grunt call. So <laughs> yeah. that really, really went very well. <laughs> he One minute he'd get it right, and the next minute he'd do a high pitch. Right. But I'm not going to tell him he did wrong. He did nothing wrong. He did absolutely what he was you know, it sounded great, and I wished he would have called in a deer because we would have, you know, we would have, I would have let him have had a chance to shoot. Right. And 
you know, I understand that all children, and it's the way they're raised. If their parents don't believe in hunting or, you know, anything like that or having anything to do with guns, uh, then I understand that. But they still need to let their children decide if they want to do something like that. Because there is going to come a day in time that they are going to have to fend for themselves. They're going to have to grow their own gardens. They're going to have to get out and hunt for their own food. And if someone doesn't teach them, they're, you know, they're just, they're going to be lost. Oh, yeah. So many of them are going to be lost. Yeah. And, and I feel sorry for this generation because I grew up in a generation where we all deer hunted and we got put on deer stands and I was eight years old and my father put me on a deer stand and said you do not move from this deer stand until I come back and get you and you know we said yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am we knew our manners we knew our place in life as far as what we should do and should not do Nowadays, children don't even acknowledge an adult as being an adult. I mean, an adult walks into the room, and I've seen so many children not get up and give their seat to the adult, uh, you know. And, and I, like I told Aaron, you've got to instill values into your children very early in life, very early. You've got to set examples for them. Yep. And I said, if you do, it will stay with them. Absolutely so right. And weird so pleased and so privileged to have you come on here um, and talk with all of us and and with my outdoors you don't really realize how much this means to us and to the ones who are listening right now we, i've you know i've put in a lot of work with my outdoors and you know i'm making sure that we're doing giveaways i mean it's just not all about that but what we're doing at my outdoors is we're teaching our youth. We're doing mentorship. So we're teaching our youth. We can take them hunting. We can take them fishing. And kind of educate them and help, help them learn what harvesting an animal is about. It's not just about letting that arrow or shooting a gun. It's, it's, it's the reason behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's just the, that's the end result. You know, and... Here's the thing I'll tell you, when we started building Raised Outdoors, the television series, the goal was we don't care whether we kill something or not. The kill's not going to be where most of most of the outdoor television shows on any network, they're based around they have to shoot something, whether it's a bird or a deer or an elk or a rhinoceros, it doesn't matter. But those people watching, the whole reason they're watching is they're waiting to see that shot. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to build an episode, but wanted to build shows that would carry a story along so that you were engrossed in that. You could care less whether we killed something or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have done that. Um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're hunters. So we like to make good shots and we love to capture that on film. And it, it, but we don't have to have it. It's not the end result. And that goes along with what you just said is there's so much more to it. I can tell you some of the best days I've had hunting. We never killed a thing. Um, you know, and those have been either days that I spent with my sons or, or with a friend or with my wife, you know, they've been days that I've seen animals do things that most people would have been 
why are you sitting there? You know, I've had bears climb trees with me. I've had a bear try to get in a blind with me. I've watched two deer fight. I've watched, um, you know, turkeys by the droves come through the woods. I mean, just unbelievable things that you, that you wouldn't see if you weren't just sitting there quietly watching. You're not exactly. really doing anything. Yeah, exactly. I, this past season, uh, I did some bow hunting. And I killed a, a pretty good 11 point. I mean, he was a pretty good size. I I fed him. I mean, I only caught him on camera one time. And and it was kind of like your big eight, the one you were chasing. Yep. And I caught it one time on camera. And I knew he was out there. So I, I waited and I waited and I waited. The right moment came. And when I let go of that arrow it perfect shot and he it just it felt nice because i was after him i and that was the only thing i was after at that moment yep and it was just i don't know how to put it it was just unbelievable well i think it's a sense of accomplishment and that's what you know, we try to explain to people as well as they see hunters jumping up and down and and people that aren't hunters see us as we're jumping up and down over top of an animal we just took the life from. And that's not it at all. I think we're more happy with ourselves and what we just endured to get to that point. Um, you know, there's been so many times I can tell you that what no one sees typically is the failures that it took to get to that success. Um, and you know, so that's something that we try to bring out in our shows as well. We try to show people that it doesn't just happen that way for you all the time. There's a whole lot of times when it doesn't go right. And, and I agree. Like I said, it, it, it all comes down to, and I don't know how to put this. It, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> been a long day um like my grandma was saying you know kids they we need to teach them at a young age they need to learn the basics of hunting fishing and being outdoors in general growing a garden just different things that you know they might need to learn later down the road and my kids i will say this i got a two-year-old little girl who is a daddy's girl that loves fishing and hunting. We sit and watch hunting shows together. Uh, my six-year-old who was just out here, he, uh, I said, I took him hunting and you know, we had fun. He's into that stuff, but my other two children, my five-year-old and my ten-year-old, they're more into electronics. Gotcha. They wouldn't give a crap about going hunting or going fishing. They just let me play with my tablet, you know, but. Yeah, but you never know when that'll change. If you just keep, you know, and that's the thing. I never forced hunting or fishing on my boys. They just, it was kind of part of what we were doing and what we did. And, um, and Easton actually walked away from it for a little while. He would just, not that he walked away completely, but he just kind of, you know, there was a time when he was in school and sports were going on and girls and everything else. And, but boy, he is back with a vengeance now. And he, he's, <laughs> you know, so you never know where life will lead you. But 
so true. I just, you know, we were brought up with values and, and, you know, to appreciate the things that we had in life. And we grew up, uh, or I did, you know, with the gardens and the, our meat didn't come from the store. Right. Our meat come from the, you know, the woods, which my dad would, it was deer meat and he would raise hogs down in the bottoms as we called them. And he would slaughter a hog a couple of times a year, but that's how we survived. And when I talked with my grandson and my other grandchildren, I said, you know, uh, what if you didn't have the money or the means to go to a grocery store? How would you feed yourself? Yep. And they would just, they kind of looked at me with blank faces, you know, like, I don't know. You know, this year, or last year, rather, was the first year I've actually taken up hunting again in a very long time. I'm 29, and my great-grandpa, he got shot in the deer woods. And from that point on, I just lost interest in hunting. But seeing that big old deer and knowing that he was out here kind of fueled the fire. And, again, when I let that arrow go and it got him, it just, something inside me, just a light switch just went off. And that's cool. No, that's good. Thanks to your great grandfather. Maybe he was the one that guided that arrow. I I, I could hope. But funny side to that, uh, my grandmother, hold on, uh, <laughs> she's going, oh God, she got out here and helped me try to go look for it. She broke her back in the process. What? Yeah, it's a two hundred pound deer, and she tried. She picked his head up and broke her back. Grandma, that's not what you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> sir. I believe me, I, I knew that really fast. Um, <laughs> it's just that you know, I'm I'm in the older age right now, and them golden years, which aren't golden. I don't know why they call them golden. <laughs> not that old. But I have osteoporosis, and you know, my bones are not the best in the world, and. I said, oh, my God, I break my back just picking up the, the deer's head now, looking at it. I'd squatted down on the ground, and that deer's head was just uh, heavy enough that I felt it pop. And I said, oh, my goodness, I broke my back. <laughs> it, it was a uh, time and a half that night. It was. Well, it, I hope. Uh, it's that I would use that to your advantage. I killed a deer so big it broke someone's back. You know, so. I do. Every time I tell that story, people they say, "Well, use that," and I do. Uh, you know, it's it's a great memory, right? You know, it's not so great on her because she broke her back. But look, looking back on it later in life, it's going to be a great story to tell. Yep. And. Yeah, he asked me for a picture of me to go up underneath where he had mounted his horns. I said, I need a picture of you and a walker, you know. There you go. But. No, well, very cool. Did you guys have anything, any specific questions you get, might want answered or anything? Because I'm going to have to take off here in about five minutes. So, um, but I would, I mean, if you got some other questions that you want me to answer, I'll certainly try to answer them. Um, well, 
no, I understand, you know, your time you is valuable too. And we appreciate and believe me, this we means are a so lot. Proud to have you speak with us. And well, wish you and your family good luck and God be with you. And well, thank- hopefully again we'll get to talk again sometime. Yeah. Uh, well, we, as Aaron knows, we answer everything on Raised Honey, whether it be social media, emails, um, Raised Outdoors. If you don't mind sharing with all your friends out there, Raised Outdoors is our next adventure. We actually have started an app um, that is, we're, we're launching a store here within the next week or so. So you'll actually be able to purchase hunting equipment at super discounts. Because oh, that's we, wonderful. Yeah, we just got tired of, it seems like it's just the the cost of stuff is so high. Could I give that a go when my uh, my outdoors try to help sponsor that? With sure. That? Yep. Because I know a lot of people that would be interested in stuff like that. Well, there's lots of stuff on it. Um, just It's just raised outdoors. If you go to the app store, you can't miss it. it it'll have our broadhead as the icon. And okay. there's all kinds of stuff within there. There's the shows are in there. So someone can watch all of raised hunting, all seven seasons are in there. So there's close to a hundred of our shows. There's, I don't know how many um, different manufacturers we're carrying product for, but it's in the hundreds. Um, so oh. there's lots of stuff in there. It's very cool. I think your, your viewers will enjoy it. One of our biggest things is we call it the vital zone and it's 3d animation of a whitetail deer and a turkey And we're working on an elk right now so that it'll spin around. You can actually pinpoint exactly where you shot something if you didn't make the perfect shot and see where did I hit this? Did I, is there anything where I hit this deer that could kill it? Yeah. Or this turkey. And man, it's proven to be super effective for people. We've gotten a lot of comments on people that have used it and talk about how much they enjoyed it. So yeah, please do let people know that it's there and, if there's anything that we can do to help you guys out, let us know. Um, we appreciate what you guys are doing. We're not going to save hunting if we all don't work together. <laughs> exactly. Again, I appreciate taking your time and talking with us and, you know, carrying on a good conversation. It was nice, and you're welcome back anytime. All right, guys. You guys have a great evening, and appreciate you. And don't be picking up deer that are too heavy anymore, okay? Uh, she's over there laughing. All right. You guys Thank have you. a good one. All right, bye-bye. Thank you.